Travis, I know you're you're very much anti-Patriots. Uh, your thoughts on the Super Bowl, your feelings, your emotions. Just let them out right now on radio with us. Oh, did, did I miss the big game? I don't, did they <laughs> play it already? I didn't. Yeah, they played. I, uh, this is a true story. I, uh, I, went, I went away this weekend. I went to Connecticut for some guy time, and I timed my drive home. I left at 6.30, and I got home around, well, there, there was some snow and some slick conditions, so it took a little longer. Now. I got home a little after 10.30. I listened to some of the first half on the radio. Uh, once the uh, Rams punted for the sixth consecutive time, I turned it off. <laughs> and then I was on the phone with a buddy of mine at the end, and I said, just tell me what the score is. That's all I want to know. And I got the score, and that was it. I was done. I, I just, I, I don't know. I I can't honestly believe that the second-best offense in the NFL did absolutely nothing. And I just, I don't know. I, my, I get home and my son had just gone to bed. He was like, oh, he's like, I, I can't even right now. I said, I know. He goes, when Brady threw an interception on his first pass attempt and they missed a field goal, I thought, this might be the night. And I looked at him in the eye and I put my hand on his forehead and I tucked him in and I said, have I taught you nothing about the Patriots on this earth? No, no, you can never, like, I think the thing that just disgusts me the most is that that we continue with this, like, redemption story arc. Like, nobody thought, B.S., B.S., no, nobody saw it coming. That's a lie. I mean, that's, that's just a total lie. So, um, you know, good on them. I do feel like, because, you know, I'm bitter and angry and cynical that, <laughs> I think it's funny that Brady basically did what Peyton Manning did in his last Super Bowl win, but we're still we still have the narrative that he's. I mean, he is the greatest of all time. As much as it, like I feel like I'm gonna vomit just saying that out loud. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I tell you what, New England football fans—they're a different breed. Like any other quarterback in the world does it, and it's a rip job for two weeks about what a disgrace they are. Brady does it, and well, it's just because he's a gamer and he's competitive and he did what it took to win. So. Um, I thought, you know, I, it, it's fine. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> what about Edelman getting all that love for being the MVP? I know, obviously, he had the PED suspension oh, earlier. Favorite, here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. <laughs> it's his quote about, hey, I just believe in hard work and that it'll get you where you need to go. And that's how I was raised. And, I, again, I want to vomit. Because you, what you believe in is hard work and a needle in your rear end. I mean, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> It is a football culture. I get it. The NFL isn't serious about it. If they were, guys would get more than four-game suspensions that just kind of fly under the radar. Um, it's, it's hard to fault the Patriots because they're, not, they're certainly not the only ones. Edelman is certainly not the only one. But I do find it, I find it comical that the same people who are, you know, um, just absolutely against the idea of a Barry Bonds or a Roger Clemens in the Baseball Hall of Fame are the same people, you know, wearing their Julian Edelman jersey. Like, it just cracked me up. Like, you can't – I don't think you can have it both ways, but, you know, maybe that's just because I'm, I'm old and um, <laughs> cranky. I, I just think you can't. I think – I understand football's a different game, and, and those guys, it would be nearly impossible to recover without some sort of help every, week after week after week. I, I, I totally get it. I tell the story all the time about um, – you know, I obviously didn't grow up playing football. I weighed, you know, 42 pounds soaking and wet when I was in high school. But um, I remember even covering, you know, way back, uh, this is almost 20 years ago now, when when Bryant University first started football, 
that was my beat was Bryant University for the paper I was working at. So um, I did a lot of football coverage. And even that at that Division two level, I just remember practices. And you'd be like a, a Wednesday or a Thursday, and you'd be, you know, five or six weeks into the season, and I remember thinking, these guys are just beat up. Like, even practice is brutal um, when they're trying to take it easy. I mean, it's just the nature of the game. So I understand that the, the football is a, I mean, it is a grind that I think even most fans don't realize what those guys go through um, to be able to do that every week. But I, so I understand why the NFL might take that answer. Like, we're, we're not really going to look too hard into this, but I do laugh about Edelman. Like, you basically know you're going to get tested and you still fail it. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Well, moving on from football a little bit, let's switch over Thank to you. girls ice hockey <laughs> in in Maine because we, we do have the playoffs starting, right? Girls ice hockey yeah, quarterfinals I, tomorrow. Tell us about the matchups here. I can't even believe. Uh, honestly, I can't even believe it's already here. Like, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I have to admit, I was surprised. We were like, "Hey, the girls hockey uh, quarterfinals are this week," and I was like, "Already?" Yeah. But, but they also start two weeks earlier than everybody. Um, and this, that's sort of why, you know, it gets staggered out. So we get the girls' hockey stuff, you know, first, and we get into the track and the wrestling and the swimming and then basketball and then boys' hockey wraps it all up. But, um, you know, for us in Central Maine, um, you know, Winslow Gardner is in again. Um, they've been that four or five seed uh, three straight years now. Um, they're going to go play Yarmouth Freeport, who they just beat on Saturday, 3-2 to two in the regular season. So, um, in the regular season finale on Saturday. And uh, they also played an overtime game early this year that Yarmouth Freeport won. So it, it's, what's sort of funny about it with, with that Winslow Gardner team is that every year their first-round playoff matchup has been against a team that they either split regular season, uh, regular season games with or, like, last year they beat – I think they beat Brunswick twice during the regular season, but they were both overtime games. And that's who they played in the first round of the playoffs. And so – they're kind of doing it again, just against a different team. But I think for girls hockey, um, particularly in the North region, I, I don't know how closely people pay attention to it, but it's not, there's no Class A, Class B. Right. It's, um, it's just North and South. So uh, Lewiston is by far the best team in the North. It's uh-huh. not even, they're undefeated. They, they haven't really had a hard time with anybody. It was some of the same last year. So um, I think. You know, the winner of this Winslow Gardner Young Freeport game gets Lewiston. So I think it's sort of a it's a tough consolation prize. But I remember last year, you know, Winslow Gardner, they won their quarterfinal and it was their first playoff win as a as a co op. Now granted it's only been this is only the third season, but you know, it was it was noteworthy. And um, you know, they went down to the Coliseum to play the regional semifinals against Lewiston, who was all who was the top seed again last year and I think everybody felt like, oh, my God, this is going to be 9 nothing. They had just lost in the conference championship game earlier in the week to the same Lewiston team, like 8 nothing. But they went down and played a really good game. Like, it, I, I have to go back and look, but I remember it was it might have been 3-1. to one, uh, three nothing, But it was close into the third period. It was like one to nothing or something. And the, the Winslow Gardner goalie kind of stood on her head a little bit. And, you know, you never know when you get the playoffs and we're dealing with high school kids. And right. like we talked about last week, you never really know. But I think I think in this case, I think Lewiston's even better than they were last year. So, um, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting. I guess, like we were, you know, like I say every week, like, hey, I'm, I'm just happy that we get the games that, you know, I like playoffs. I like tournaments. I like, you know, 
win and lose and, and go home or advance. So I think that'll be fun. And you covered a thriller a few days ago between Waterville and Winslow and girls basketball. Tell us about yeah. that game and how that ended. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, so it was, that game was it was really interesting in that it was uh, there were a lot of fouls and that I didn't feel like the referees. Um, I thought in the first half they called a lot of ticky tack stuff out near midcourt, like because both teams full court press the entire game. I mean that's just their game. They play they play the full court uh, for 32 minutes in both directions. So that so that made it fun. It was a huge crowd because the two boys teams were playing afterwards as well, and you know being a rivalry game. Um, the place was packed, and not just—I don't mean to make it sound like because the boys' game was after. Just there were there were a lot of people there for both of those games. Yeah. Um, so it was loud, and there was a lot of energy in there. I thought they called a few too many fouls and let the girls kind of beat the crap out of each other under the basket in the first half. But both teams had a lot of foul trouble to manage. Um, both teams had two players foul out. Um, it wasn't—it wasn't the prettiest game you ever saw, especially in the fourth quarter. And the foul shooting was horrendous both ways. But, you know, Paige St. Pierre, you know, made the – she had two free throws with two seconds left on the clock. She made the second one to break the tie, and um, Waterville's still undefeated. And it looks like if everything goes right, they should they should finish the regular season undefeated. I know they've got Belfast this week, um, and then they finish up against uh, Mariana Cook at the end of the week. I think that's Thursday night. I think that's, that's a game that I'm covering. So, you know, the, I thought what was neat about that was that they were – they were really tested, Waterville was, without a way to win. And On the flip side, I think Winslow is just, <clears throat> I don't know, for whatever reason, they've kind of hit this wall here, you know, um, in the last quarter of the season where they got beat pretty good by a couple of good Class A teams. And, you know, they, they were in danger early against Waterville of being run right out of the building. But they kind of rallied and they kept the game close the entire way. They finally took the lead with you know, a few minutes left in that game, but they just couldn't see it through. And I think they're trying <clears> – I think what got Winslow through last year to the state championship is kind of what is hurting them now. I think last year they were um, – they're extremely athletic group. Like, when you take that group of, of you know, their first <clears> – <throat> excuse me, their first, you know, six or seven, um, those are girls who show up in a lot of sports at Winslow and are very competitive and always in tournaments and that kind of stuff. But I think what hurts them is I don't know that they have any real – I think Silver Kluke might be the only one I would say, like, that's, a, that's their real basketball talent. They just have a lot of kids that work really hard. So what happens is some night, offensively, it's a challenge for them. And it was the same thing last year. I remember watching them last year in the regular season and think, they're good and they'll be tough to play. I wouldn't want to play them in a tournament, but I don't know if they're good enough to win it all. And, of course, they did because defensively, um, they can be very scrappy, and they can they you know they can play a very intense game for 32 minutes without dropping off. But they go cold sometimes offensively, and you wonder why they don't score more points than they do. And uh, I, I think that might be the you know if I'm looking at them as the defending state champion, where they're at, mm-hmm. they just don't seem to have a lot of confidence. And then Waterville is undefeated, as you mentioned. Um, they are only third in the heel points behind Herman and Mount Desert Island. Don't know if you've seen those two schools much at all, but is Waterville uh, as good as that undefeated record says they are? Are they the best team in Class B North, in your opinion? I don't think they are, but I haven't seen those other teams. Okay. I mean, just if, if I'm being fair about it, it always feels like, and I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think those Herman teams, for example, yeah. they're, always, they're always better than you think they are because you look at kind of who they play. You're always playing this game of, 
what's this team's schedule? What was that team's schedule? Are those teams they're beating really good? But, I mean, I think these Hermans, because they have a track record of having been very good for a long time. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know that – even when I watch – again, when I watch Waterville this year, they're, they, they're very – again, they defend and they play hard and they've got a couple of kids that have really kind of developed as, as true scorers. You know, Sadie Garling had – you know, I think she was the only player in double figures the other night. And she, but, and she very quietly gets her 15 to 20 points, um, which is what you need, right, on a good team. You need, you need a player who's just a true scorer, who can score and shoot. But I, I just, I don't know, I feel like Watersville is probably, I don't know if you can say it with high school sports, but I feel like they're a year ahead of schedule. Like, yeah. they're just, because they're still pretty young. They're still pretty young in a lot of places. Like, they, they rely on a lot of sophomores. So, they might be a little bit ahead of schedule. So I guess if you were at, you know, which you did, I mean, are they the best team in Class B North? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they're not going to be around deep into that tournament either. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like they, they're going to go up there and, um, you know, fall on their face and it's all going to be over. I just think they're probably not quite where those other teams are. And then Skowhegan's still undefeated in Class A North, 16-0 and now. And <laughs> yeah. they're uh, hosting Mesolonsky tonight and then hosting Lawrence on Thursday to wrap up their season. What a great year for them so far, huh? Yeah, they got that, that's two that's two good games for them. I think Mesolonsky's kind of found their identity in the second half. Like they look a little better uh, in terms of being competitive every night. Uh, I'm covering that game tonight. So okay. I, I'm interested to kind of see, but I just I still feel like you know, he is the best team in the group. And um, somebody asked me last night, so do we see? Which I think is the same that you guys asked me last week. Yeah. Do we see Calhegan in the state championship. Um, I think so, but having said that. You know, the tournament, a lot of things can happen. And um, I, I'm kind of interested. I know it's the regular season finale. It's not going to mean much to Skowhegan on Thursday, but I'm kind of interested to see how Lawrence um, plays against Skowhegan sure. this time around. Because I, I just feel like I, I, I've seen them play some really good games. I just have this idea, like, be around. They might be around playing for that regional final. But I think that's going to be a really fun tournament. Just like the boys, um, that Class A North, both of those tournaments, boys and girls, are going to be really good. I think the games are going to be competitive from top to bottom. I think, I think even one versus eight games are going to be, you know, there's always going to be the potential there for um, some dramatics. So I, I don't know. I kind of look forward to it. But I think Southeast, again, they're just inside and out. They're very good. They can do a lot of different things. They can play a couple different ways. And I think um, that makes it really interesting. Of course, we haven't even talked about, you know, last week's game where uh, Winslow and Calhegan played, and they played this, like, stall ball game. Yeah, yeah. tell us about that. I think you covered it, right? Okay, so I, when I was watching it, I thought, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is an affront to competitive play. And then we saw the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, and I, right? yeah, I guess it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that no, bad. I, but I thought about it for 24 hours, and I thought, you know, I don't know that that's, like, I, I, it's funny, I saw Brenda Beckwith, like, again, after the, the Waterville Winslow game a couple days later, and she had read the column I wrote about it. She was like, you know, I got to say, I thought you were, thought the column was good. And I was like, well, of course you did. I, I didn't rip her or anything. <laughs> I said to her, what I would say to you is, I wouldn't want to watch that every single night. I think that would be bad for basketball. But as, a, as an employed strategy for a single game, you know, I think that's all right because, again, they're high school sports. Um, we're playing crossover class games. 
Um, you're playing an undefeated team in Class A that you know you can't keep up with. And, and, and Brenda was very honest about that, and she's 100% accurate. If they played them toe-to-toe, they'd have lost by 40. Um, so I think in that sense, it was like, you know, what was kind of neat about the whole experience was that the team totally bought into it. Like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And they did it. And, of course, they didn't win. And as the game, you know, they got into the last four minutes or so when, you, when they were behind by six or seven, well, then it was just very easy, and, and Winslow had to open up a little bit and try to score. Well, then Kelly did exactly what they feared. They started opening up the floor, finding some shots, making their foul shots, and then the game was over. So I thought it was kind of interesting, and I, and I, I toyed with the idea of whether I thought this was a, a column I should write about the need for a shot clock or not. Mm. But to me, that's exactly why you don't need a shot clock. If you had a shot clock for a game like that, uh, Winslow would have lost by 50. Because now you're just forcing them to take shots they're not ready to take. You're forcing kids to do to play at a faster pace for entertainment value. When high school sports is really supposed to be about, you know, um, all those things we talk about, team bonding and the experience and the bus rides and the practices and putting in weird game plans that you rally around as a team that sometimes work. Right. You know, so I, I feel like shot clock would not, for me, would not be the way to go, but. You know, North Carolina made a living when Dean Smith was there playing the four corners. I mean, they they did it. I mean, they had a whole pattern and everything else mm. to run the clock down when they, you know, try to frustrate the other team and so on. Uh, Travis uh, had a, a a post. He said North Carolina State scored 24 points in Division One college basketball. A shot clock doesn't make for a better basketball if you can't shoot. It just yeah. makes more bad shots. Remember that yeah. the next time you think Maine High School hoops needs a shot clock. Yeah, that, you know what? I feel that way. I, I totally, I totally subscribe to that theory. Now, I'm not a basketball expert. I think everybody knows that, right? But to me, when I watched that game, I thought, okay, so if you're Scalhegan, isn't the onus a little bit on you defensively to try to break that up? I don't know how to do that. I'm not. I'm not I, could, I can't tell you. Okay, here's what you need to do. But I feel like, okay, the onus is on you a little bit to defend them a little higher, to not let them just stand there right. and, and not do it. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. But I feel like, hey, you know, if that's the way the offense wants to play, then like in any sport, the defense has to react to that. And you have to, you have to, you have to adjust now to get what you want out of the game. So, so you touched on, wrong. yeah, you touched on a few of the things you're covering this week. Anything else you're covering on CentralMaine.com we should look out for? Uh, let's see. Well, we got a bunch of stuff going on, right? Because we're coming, like I said. So we've got everything from, you know, a couple of basketball games this week to some hockey this weekend to, uh, we're going to do, I think I'm doing two games. I think I got UMaine against Providence on Friday night, and then I think I've got that Waterville Winslow team against Camden Hills on Saturday at noontime or something, which should be a really good game. Those are two teams that right now they sit two and three and, Class B North, and, and I feel like the top four teams in Class B North, I think any of them could play for the state championship. So, um, yeah, we've got the end of that. We've got some indoor track features. We've got some swimming and wrestling. We've got all that kind of stuff going on. So, we're, it's that time of year. It's that time of year. It must be February. Yep, yeah, yes, indeed. Well, it's Travis Barrett from CentralMaine.com. Find him on Twitter at, at TBarrettGWC. Travis, thanks so much for joining us today here on the B List. Appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks for having me. We'll talk to you next week.